Day 13, Year 100 of the Dawn, The Second Adam. He brought me into his banqueting house. His banner over me was love. Song of Songs. Wee-ha! That was before the fall. In the Garden of Delights, where we did not read the Song of Songs, we were the Song of Songs. Daily, delighting in one another, discovering a deeper connection each time we met, Adam and I. We could be playful with each other, whispering sweet sonnets into each other's willing ears. The laughing and giggling never stopped. Why would it? There was no sin, no selfishness, and no ugliness. No competition, or if I please you, you should please me back. There was no... I'm tired tonight, dear, or I have a headache. It was deliciously wonderful. We were completely in sync. When I think of it now, it was like the God bubble. Adam and I were in our own love bubble. After the fall, I would have done anything to recapture that time. But alas, sent to toil and suffer, Adam and I would have to make our own way back into our private garden through trial and error. We had to find what worked for us. Now that we were stressed out, tired, and multiplying rapidly, where on earth could we find space for each other? And if we had the space, when would we find the time? When you are in love, you just do it. I know this because we just did it. Here, there, whenever, wherever we could. After all, we had experienced each other in the garden. We wanted that feeling back as often as possible. We did reclaim the feeling too, but not all the time. And little by little, it began to fade as an uglier reality set in. We were no longer in paradise. We wanted to find nirvana in each other as we had in the garden but without the presence of God and the perfection we had before sin, we could no longer experience the exaltation of oneness in the same manner. Sadness crept in, depression, despair. We were really not there anymore, not on our perpetual honeymoon in the garden. We were coping with our own needs now as well, trying to find things that would fill the empty feeling in our souls. We did not know how full we had been with God until we were without God. Adam looked for pleasure in other ways. I, too, sought after things that did not satisfy, just to fill the empty hole inside me. We began to find dissatisfaction with each other and started to bicker about the minutest items of the day. The day I knew the oneness was over for me, and I had to find something else to hang on to was the day we began fighting, and we could not resolve it before sunset. It was awful. Here was my Adam, whose rib I held inside me, whom I was made for, being unhappy with me. It all started that day with what I was wearing. Now, I don't blame him for that, really. After all, there were no stores, no Saks Fifth Avenue, no Forever 21, only garments made of the skins of animals, God forbid, and the rough weaves of twigs and leaves I had found. 
I know it must not have been that attractive, but it was all I had, and I had not yet learned how to make yarn and weave cloth. But gee, wasn't this the same Adam who found me naked in the garden and did not care what I was wearing, as in fact, we did not even know what clothes were? The dissension went on. It got worse, much worse. I started complaining about how he was gone all the time, and he said he was gone to gather food to feed the children and me, and then I grumbled that I didn't have a life outside of the home, and yada, yada, yada. It went on and on and on. You don't understand me. You never listen to me. The list of you should do this, you shouldn't do that, you always do this, I hate it when you do that. Why aren't you there for me? Why are you still here? I need space. On and on, we spewed out venom to each other until we could barely find each other in the midst of the clamor. Enough already. Wah, wah, wah. Crying in my turnip soup again, wishing I hadn't said that, wishing he would care. Does he care? Of course he does. What is wrong with me? Nagging, nagging. Doesn't he understand my needs? There I was, seeing my reflection in the water, tears streaming down my face, with only one thought coming to the surface of my mind. Was there any way back into the garden? Was there any way back to Adam? Back to a time when there was nothing separating us? where the Lord God walked among us, and we were all together in that bubble. I cried for days. I cried for nights. I cried a pool of tears that followed me around until I began to drown in my own tears. It was so terrible. I longed to go back. With everything in my being, I needed to go back. I went to the entrance of the garden, where I remembered it had been. I didn't see anything, but I felt it. I felt that impenetrable wall between me and perfection. I sat at the invisible barrier and kept weeping until I must have wept my heart right out of my chest. And there it was. My heart was in my hand. So alive, so vulnerable, so miserable. Beating in my hand, or was it bleeding? It sounded like a sick goat in the wilderness, a baby goat trying to find its way back to its mother. My heart felt heavy. It got so heavy I could barely hold it, which frightened me, not to mention the realization that it was no longer in my chest, and how that made me feel, because certainly I knew that without my heart, I would be dead. But somehow, I was dead already, so it didn't matter. I just held it there, my bloody, sobbing, weeping, pathetically human heart. The heart was broken. Blood was pouring out all over my hands and arms, drips and rivulets covering my body. No sense putting it back into my chest because it would not work anymore. There was no going back. There was only this moment with my broken heart in my hands. This must have gone on for some time. I could hear my children calling me. I could hear Adam calling for me as well, something about dinner on the table. Or did I mend his socks? Did we even wear socks then? 
I don't know. I wasn't thinking about socks. I was only cognizant of myself, of that moment with my bleeding heart, this heart that was crying out for herstory. Somehow, some way, at this crucial crossroads, I needed a lifeline. I sensed this would be vital to all of my children. I didn't yet know how vital then. Actually, the whole of humanity might have been hanging in the balances again. What do I know? And does it matter? For again, it went back to that incense of the presence of Elohim and how, no matter what, I knew that I could never be ultimately separated from him. If I wanted him, if I cried out to him, hanging by a thread of a tear at this crucial intersection of my life as the first woman who lived in the garden and the first woman who was exiled from the garden, I knew I needed something beyond myself, something greater than myself. I was filled with so much agony that even my heart did not feel connected to my body. My heart was there in my hand, crying out now comprehensibly to God. Do you love me? Do you care? Where are you? Does anybody care? Is there a way back into the garden? Please, make a way back into the garden. I want to be with Adam, and he wants to be with me, but we both seem to be lacking on every count. Not only that, I feel empty and lost in a way that is so naked. But the nakedness feels like a nakedness of soul. Like my innermost being is cold and will never feel warm again. A hypothermia of the soul. I shivered. My heart shivered against my fingers. And the whole universe seemed to shiver with me. With the thought of being forever cold and never warming again, as if the sun had not risen that morning and would never come out and warm the earth again. This is how I felt. The space-time continuum slowed and froze around me. I looked at my heart, but it was not beating anymore. I was not breathing, or if I was, I wasn't aware of it. I felt like I was being sucked into a big black hole, and there was no way back, no way back to the garden, no way back to Earth, no way back to my family. No way back to myself as I once was and longed to be again. My body felt like it was breaking into tiny molecules, biochemic threads that were separating, unwinding, breaking apart. And the broken molecules were whirling into the black hole like a vacuum. Help me. Can't anyone hear me? Oh no, they can't. Because now it was a nightmare where you open your mouth to cry for help, but no sound comes out. The black hole was swallowing me up. Where was God? Where was my creator? My Elohim of the garden? A nasty snake slithered to my heels as I sat there like a statue, frozen in every way, my molecules unraveling into the darkly ravenous mouth in my mind and it startled me. What? Yes, the snake startled me. 
It reminded me of that wretched serpent from the garden who had convinced me with his soothing yet slimy words that enticed me to take the first bite that caused this horrible separation in the first place. I was glad the serpent couldn't talk anymore, and I relished in the fact that he had to crawl on his belly. And I thought about the curse that was put on him, that one day my seed would crush his head. He reached his fanged jaws to bite my ankle. Then something incredible happened. I don't know when it happened, but the noise of it reverberated throughout all eternity. I put out my foot to stamp on that seething snake's head. And as I did this, I heard, ha, ha. What? My heart, my trembling heart, began to laugh as a scarlet thread of life wove a future of redemption from my womb. Yes, just as plain as day. And then a drop of life-giving blood fell from the heavens from God's still distant son, the seed of the woman that would crush the serpent. This one large drop of blood fell from a time and place forever certain. It was meant to fall, would always fall, and would forever fall onto the serpent's head. And as it did, it crushed the serpent, crushed him forever. At this moment, My heart was enveloped by the greater heart of God, which was broken for me, which began to pour out water and blood. I drank from the water and was swallowed up in the oneness of the water and the blood. As this happened, I was forever one again with God because of his future son, the second Adam. And although I was not back in the garden and could never go back to the Garden of Eden, I felt the garden spring up inside of me. I was in a timeless moment where past, present, and future melted together. I was wrapped in the knowing again. The oneness surrounded me, warm and intimate, sweet and healing. The eternal love blanket. My pulse returned. My body was whole again, and far more than my body alone. It was the most glorious, most wondrous experience. I had a new heart. The sweetness of the morning swallowed up the dark. Night cracked open, giving birth to singing hues. Dancing naked on shattered glass, the opening had begun. Laurie Matisse